Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Let's, if we unpack that, a conversation, so uh, someone who's a boomer, which would be my parents, my parents are boomers, and uh, I, I honor them and respect them. My dad, uh, I was caregiving for him, passed away at the, in the last year. Um, they did the best they had with the information they were given. So it's interesting to, to see the legitimate concerns around, if I talk about some of the things that we're even talking about on this podcast, if I talk about investing in something like cryptocurrency or blockchain or even uh, other things they may not know about, they say, oh, that's risky, or you, know, you need to put it in the bank and go to a, you know, all these kind of traditional means of a mutual fund or a, you're just put it in your Roth. IRA or a 401k, like all of these things are information that they were, you know, I saw, I saw them both work 30, 40 years in one place and then retire. And so they even would tell us the difference of, you know, if you're, if you're someplace for three years, they think that you're flighty because why are you (laughs) moving around so much? You need to stay there and kind of plant your roots and climb up the ladder and it just things have changed so i i love to can you throw out a couple of things that we see differently in the generational conversations that are being held sure so one concept that's pretty interesting uh buckminster fuller bucky fuller he's known for a lot of uh quotes good quotes and uh he's known for the geodesic dome he was an inventor um he came out with this idea around the turn of the century uh, called the knowledge doubling curve. And he said it would take about a hundred, uh, in 1900, it would take about a hundred years for the world's knowledge or data to double. And then in 1945, you know, it would take something like 35 years for knowledge to double. And then in 1980, it would take something like 10 years for knowledge to double. And then in 2000, it would take something like a year or two for knowledge to double. And he projected, and IBM went ahead with this, with this concept because it kept being right, that by 2020, knowledge or data would double every 13 hours, right? And so things are changing at an exponential rate. And so the ability to learn and unlearn things is the most important thing now. You need to be able to learn and unlearn things. Sometimes you hear, you know, strong conviction loosely held or something like that. It's it's to be able to uh, understand concepts and then be able to know when they're no longer valid. So that's uh, been an issue with, you know, with boomers. It's also the, you know, they're, they weren't digital native, right? They didn't exactly. grow up with computers. You know, I started programming when I was nine. I was born in the seventies. I'm a Gen X. And so, um, you know, it's just different with millennials. They, you know, they came out they, with the internet. They never Absolutely. knew. My wife remembers the internet her whole life, even though yeah. it wasn't as strong as it is. It definitely was there. Yeah. So it's, it's just different for for a millennial to get Bitcoin, it's a, about one step. It makes total sense to them. Um, whereas Bitcoin to 
uh, a boomer, it, it looks like magic internet money. It's, it's fake, right? And so um, it's just kind of perspective from when you've grown up. Right now, savings is about the riskiest, you know, it's one of the riskiest things you can do right now. Um, and I, I love, let's go, let's go there. When we talk about, that's what I was going to ask you, because I know you have a part about, you know, risky being the, you know, new, you know, safe is more risky than, than anything. Uh, but can you, uh, one author, I think it was uh, Robert Kiyosaki said he believes savings for suckers. What do you think of that statement? And can you, as you even alluded to how risky saving is, can you explain why saving when we yeah. say that in a traditional sense of parking your money in the bank where it's safe and sound and it's going to hold value for you and you'll be able to give it to your grandkids because you built up. And I know people who are very sincere people, young people. There's young people who I know that have uh, worked and saved of a, a pretty sizable in today's terms nest egg to over $200,000 and they don't invest in anything. They just put it in the bank because they have the premise of what we're talking about, of the concept of what they believe is sound money? Well, if you get out of bed, you're taking risk. Absolutely. If you stay in bed, you are still taking a risk. True. Right? People don't think about that second one all the time, right? And so what's happening is what we want to do is maintain our purchasing power, right? We want our, our money to at least maintain purchasing power, or we may take one a little more risk and we want our money to make money. If you have it in a savings account, it's earning nothing or one basis point, while inflation as of April is at 4.2%. So you are losing 4.1% every year. That's not a good idea. So that's why it's one of the most risky things is you're guaranteed a, a loss in purchasing power if you just save money in a bank. So my children uh, watch, my dad used to make me watch a show called Andy Griffith. Uh, and when now that, you know, my children want to watch some of the things that I watched as a kid. So they, we watch it and they're really fascinated with this show, which is weird to me that they're like, let's watch Andy Griffith. I'm like, really? So they, cause they want to know how things were in, in that time. And so they ask questions about when they say something's expensive back then, it's only, let's say they said he paid 50, you know, he, he saved up $3,000. And then there's just like this massive amount of money or the things that people were able to get houses and different things. And then the late fifties or early sixties. And our kids are saying, well, how is it that now houses are, you know, $400,000 for just a, a little, you know, small lot. So, and I try to tell them it's not the value of the, of the item that has went up. It is the, value of the money that has went down has diminished. So right. it's, it's a interesting, um, I, it's, so I love the, I love that analogy of getting in bed versus staying in bed and the, the deflation and how people are losing when they think that somehow it's going to bounce back. And I don't know, I, I think it really is a mental blockade or just a, 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 a kind of like a bias or a veil on the mind to not even be able to see that, you realize every time you go back to the bank and you look at this money, it's not the same value. Even when it's sitting there, it's not, it's lost. So the yeah. numbers may say the same, but the actual value of it is less. You can get less and less. Right, and that, that continues and that really depends on inflation. Uh, and so we're about to go through a, a, probably a secular 
you know, a long period of inflation. It's the only way, the Federal Reserve really has two choices. I mean, they could default or they could try to pay the bill. And to try to pay the bill, they're going to have to print trillions of dollars to pay back the 30 trillion they owe now, plus another 100 trillion in unfunded liabilities. For so, so when you throw these numbers out, these are not the numbers that we hear through the media or the politicians, or as I call it, the lying pen of the scholar. Can you elaborate a little bit on kind of the real things that are owed versus what is told to us? We, sure. say, we say, you know, two to three or three trillion or something small, some small and seems that it's repayable because people think about, well, we will always earn so much and our nation is always productive. But can you speak to the entitlement programs and the different areas where uh, liabilities have been created? Well, OK, so there's a bunch of problems. Uh, one is. The United States military is unauditable. So there has been a period, this is back in the aughts, the 2000s, where 2.3 trillion is just unaccounted for, right? They, they cannot account for that. There's no way to audit the, the US military. They're, they're going to try to do it in the next 10 years, but it's never been done. And we don't have a balanced budget, right? Ever, we've never, so it's always we, never been, never balanced. <laughs> we take in, you know, let's call it $3 trillion or $3.3 trillion, something like that. And we spend, you know, four, five, six trillion dollars. So every year we're losing, you know, I think we lost, I think we lost about a trillion dollars in 2020 and the, the, uh, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, said 2020 was the last, after 2020, the annual deficit will never be under a trillion dollars. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.